0: Welcome to the Inclusive Growth Show with Toby Milden. future-proofing your business by creating a diverse workplace. Hello there. Thank you ever so much for tuning into this episode of the Intrusive Growth Podcast. I'm Toby Mildon, and today I'm joined by Rich Purcell, who is the founder and director of Captioned. And I came across... Rich's product called Caption. And I was really interested in talking to him because in my book, Inclusive Growth, there's a whole chapter on cyber and how technology can help organizations deliver on diversity and inclusion. And there's all sorts of technologies and apps that can help, but also the need for assistive technology or making technology accessible to not only the public So that could be your website or any apps that you develop, but also internally in terms of making sure that your systems are accessible. So that could be your career management system or learning management system or intranet, that kind of thing. So I came across Rich's product, which is called Captioned, and it falls into the kind of the last category of assistive technology. And I was really keen to just have a chat with him about what his product does and how it helps people in organizations and how it can help increase inclusivity for you. So Rich, thank you for joining me today. Great to see you.
1: Yeah, thanks, Toby. Nice nice to be here. Thank you for the invite.
0: So before we sort of delve deeper into what what your product does and how it can help make workplaces more inclusive for staff, can you just let us know a bit more about yourself and your background?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So um my background is actually within healthcare um so I'm a I'm a doctor by by trade I um started to become interested in assistive technology back when I was at university which is quite a while ago now and I'm very dyslexic uh, really dyslexic and when I went to university uh, and I was um and got to medical school and I was faced with the delights of uh, medical vocabulary so lots of um long and esoteric terminology, um, I really struggled. Uh, and I struggled for a number of years until there was a sort of a slight break in the workload, which managed, uh, and I managed to um, consider um, a solution for the problems that I was experiencing. And a friend of mine uh, sort of said he was also experiencing the same problem, so we collaborated to build a piece of software that would help us. And we built this piece of software, and it turned out it wasn't just us uh, who were was, uh, sort of struggling with the problem and uh, lots of our peers wanted to use it. And then our university wanted to use it. And then other universities and, um, and, uh, NHS trusts and other organizations wanted to adopt this technology that we built. And that's really kind of, um, where I became interested in assistive technology. I then went on to practice kind of medicine in the, in the NHS, but at the same time kind of grew my interest in assistive technology up until uh sort of 2018 whereas we were where i was sort of approached by a couple of uk universities um who um, were asking for support with a particular problem surrounding captioning and wanted some advice on how they might better support students Uh, and the the problem that they spelt out to us was one that was really interesting and uh needed some real consideration and so we spent two years kind of collaborating with them um in order to build what is captioned and we launched that in august 2020 and then since then we've kind of built a a business really uh, around around captioned and got the software out to uh lots and lots of people both in higher education but also in the workspace and yeah and uh, things have moved pretty quick over the last 18 months and now we've got a really broad user base using our products
0: that's really cool so what does captioned do and i know from our chats earlier that um you're really keen to make sure that you promote you know the voice of the user as well in in the way that you've developed captioned but if you could maybe let's know a bit more about that
1: yeah absolutely so um yeah so captioned is um is a piece of ai driven captioning and note taking software So the software works by um, sitting on the user's computer uh, or or mobile and allowing them to caption anything. And it really is anything. So it can be a Zoom call or a Microsoft Teams call. It could be an in-person conversation or meeting or lecture. It could be um, a YouTube video or podcast. It could be absolutely anything. And the idea is that the the user gets um, really um, accurate, so highly accurate and, and instant captions just with a a click of a button but we go a step further and we allow the user to kind of highlight key bits of information within those captions um, add their own annotations on the fly and then save all that information to return back to later Um, so they can revisit previous captioning sessions and they can listen back to what was said and see a full transcript and review uh, and amend their annotations and then export all that information in a in a format that kind of works for them so that's what kind of captioned is. And you can imagine it's really useful for those people who, who need captions. And that's actually a lot of people. And I know the sort, of, um, the, the, the sort of immediate thoughts go to people who are deaf or have hearing loss, but um, so evidence shows that lots of people find, uh, get real great benefit from, from captions, not just those people who are deaf or have hearing loss. Uh, actually, Netflix published an article recently that showed that over 80% of their media is viewed with, with captions. But it's also really useful for productivity uh, as well, and and people who maybe struggle with taking um, notes and, and minuting meetings and things like that. So you can imagine not just those who maybe have a a disability that means that they they they, they struggle to take notes, but also um, just generally from a productivity perspective. And um, so you know, running HR meetings, um, think, interviews, research, all those sorts of things, you'll get a full transcribed and annotated um, transcription afterwards.
0: Yeah. It would definitely benefit me actually, because I because I can't use my hands. I use um, speech to text software, so I use Dragon Naturally Speaking to dictate to my computer and control my computer. The downside is that I can't do that when I'm on a Zoom call <laughs> because you know you get a conflict between the you know the microphone and the audio, and uh, and also in face to face meetings as well. I would have to sit there and uh, talk over people. But you know having having something. A bit of AI that would automatically capture conversations and things like that would be hugely beneficial, actually.
1: Yeah, absolutely, and um, and yeah, and, and kind of you kind of touched on the point there, really, kind of like the, the the voice of the user and why that's so important in in building great software. And I really don't think you can build great assistive tech kind of without it. You know, I I have my own challenges, and and, and the software helps me overcome um, some of those. And I can kind of talk with confidence about what those those difficulties are and how the software can better uh, help me help me overcome them, but and um, you know these might, those might be kind of totally different to someone else's um, reasons uh, for using the software and um, and you know I don't have that experience, so actually listening to uh, the voice of our customers and making sure that we're developing the product in the best direction to suit our users' needs. Is essential. So the more people we can speak to, the more we can understand how the software can best help them, and the better we can design the product to align with those requirements. So, so yeah, there is no kind of um, future of the product really without our our customers' voice.
0: So you started building this product also when we were kind of in the thick of COVID nineteen, and just one. So I'm just wondering how the pandemic has affected you personally because of you know your medical background but also getting the business up and running at the same time
1: yeah absolutely so yeah we were kind of um we'd sort of started kind of working on the products um sort of in the lead up to the pandemic um and then you're quite right yeah the pandemic kind of struck uh, us right as we were kind of gearing up um and, and starting to put the sort of finishing touches um to it and and it kind of had a i guess a Varying effects on 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 us and the business. I mean, as a as a medic, I went back into, I went back into the. I'd taken a, a year and eighteen months or so out of uh, clinical work, and I went back in to to do some clinical work. Um, it sort of when the pandemic all kicked off for quite a while, which was. Which just felt like the the thing I needed to do, and um, it sort of seemed like the apocalypse at the time, and um, it seemed like a, a sensible place to to be and, and thing to be doing. But that was challenging, you know, because we had a growing business, uh, a product launch on on the on the horizon, and um, and four days of every week I was uh, you know on the on the wards, um, which was which was difficult. But we kind of persevered. We we launched the product slightly later than than planned in august 2020 and um, which was still kind of in the midst of the the pandemic and and i think i think the pandemic did do something to help promote our products. There was definitely an increased demand for them. And people were, uh, a lot of people were online. A lot of people were experiencing issues with access to captions and just generally accessibility for kind of working and learning online. So there's a large demand for our products. And so they certainly uh, sort of, we, we managed to fill that demand. It also helped that I could speak to a lot of people quite quickly because everybody was behind their computers. So I could have a conversation one morning and, in Aberdeen and then a conversation in Southampton in the afternoon. And um I could speak to a lot of people quite quickly, which was which was good. And we definitely saw that kind of pay dividends in the way that it, it kind of grew the business and our and, and our user base. So it was kind of um it was it definitely had some challenges, but also gave us um some real opportunity. I think generally um there was also an increased awareness of assistive technology um during the pandemic. I think people had to adapt quite quickly um and we're looking at and, and we're using technology to help them adapt so uh, in that sense everybody everybody had to had to sort of uh, use assistive technology to some degree um and so i think there was um, more awareness and and budgets available for it
0: yeah i know a lot of my clients overnight had to move from being office based to home based i mean they were thinking about some you know basic technology setup like making sure all of their staff had laptops who perhaps were not remote workers previously, but also making sure that um, people had access to software. And yeah, there was definitely a lot more talk around assistive technology. So how could somebody who say got a hearing impairment now participate in Zoom calls because they might have done face-to-face meetings beforehand and perhaps it was easier to do lip reading or use a sign language interpreter, but the, the way of working changed overnight for them I mean it sounds like your your product is going from strength to strength how do you see it expanding into the the workplace
1: yeah that's a good question so I think we we sort of started off in um I mean I say started off we've only been going for um you know uh, we the only launched products 18 months ago but we kind of uh, initially we were we had a lot of uptake in higher education so the whole of higher education moved remotely there was really demand for the for the software and and um, we were adopted by a large number of uk universities and, and overseas as well so that was kind of where we focused initially um, and as the product grew and became sort of uh, more widely adopted it started to be um, used more and more in the workplace as well and that's really where we are now so we're starting to find that we're getting um, lots of organizations take on the software initially though those kind of and that those sort of initial inquiries came through things like access to work um, and kind of workplace adjustments but what we found which is really interesting is that often somebody gets the software say through a workplace uh, adjustment a single user will will have access and then we'll get a have a have a email through from the the head of the department or or, or their their um their manager saying, you know, what is this software, and can we use it more widely? Which is really nice, and um, because that's sort of um, spreading that from from really assistive technology through to kind of productivity tools and um, and kind of getting more more widely adopted. So, um, so yeah, we're finding that quite quite regularly. So we've been adopted by a number of large large organisations from everywhere from um, from government organisations and government bodies through to uh, financial institutions and um, yeah, all over the place really.
0: I like it when assistive technology starts out and then goes into mainstream. So the the keyboard was designed for a blind countess to write love letters to her lover. And now everyone uses a keyboard. And when I was working at the BBC in user experience and design, um, my boss, a guy called Jonathan Hassel, who I've interviewed on this podcast, and he now runs his own accessibility company, um, auditing websites and helping companies embed accessibility into their organization. He, I remember he worked on a project where um, they were looking at using 3D audio to teach blind children how to um, learn maths at school. Um, And then that technology was picked up by a games company. They developed a game for your iPhone where you could run away from zombies. But they realized that you can't run and look at your iPhone at the same time. So they were relying on sound. And it was it was really interesting how that sound, 3D sound technology was then adopted by a, a mainstream games company. How do you see your your product evolving and and being adopted? Yeah,
1: absolutely. I mean, I think that's right. I think with assisted technology, I kind of feel like really good assistive tech is kind of essential for some but useful for all. And that's kind of certainly what we've what we've found in the, the the software is you know there's, there's people who cannot you know cannot work or study without it, but then there's other people who who just find it such a useful kind of accompaniment to to help them be more efficient and effective. And yeah, I mean everything from and I found that you know with with say like the first piece of software that I I ever built that sort of medical spell checking software, you know that was for me, it was essential. I, you know, I'm very dyslexic and really shrug was really struggling and, um, and built this thing, but we surveyed the whole of our, our medical school at, at Bristol university and found that 97% of my peers also found it difficult and would find it useful. So that's kind of the, the you know, the, the classic, classic example, um, and spell checkers generally, you know, they were built for um, people who were dyslexic. And now I don't know anybody who doesn't, you know, benefit from a, from a spell checker. So yeah essential essential for some but but kind of use, useful for all i think and um and that's certainly what we're we're seeing is people kind of adopt it maybe through say a workplace accommodation but then then the whole organization kind of gets behind it um and 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 can use it as a as a, as a tool for productivity i think the challenge for us is making sure that we we're, we're assistive tech first and and making sure we don't just make decisions for mass market and listen to again listen to our users and honing on those hone in on those and those very specific use cases i think for us one of the big things is we're self-funded which means that we have the freedom to do that we have the freedom to sweat the small stuff really listen to um, our our customers rather than answering to kind of basically to to to, you know uh, other people's incentives or or, or requirements you know we're we're able to to focus on on what we want and what we think is best for our customers and our product um, rather than sometimes conflicting interests
0: yeah, and I think it's important to hone in on that assistive market because, well, one of the things that Jonathan talks about and the benefits of accessibility is that it can be a, a real source of innovation, kind of one of the the upsides of of thinking about accessibility first and getting it embedded into any products that you develop. I must admit, when I when I first looked at your product, I was wondering how it was similar to similar products out there cuz like you know i've used otter.ai in the past and it integrates with um, zoom and that kind of thing so how how does your product differ from th- those other solutions on the market
1: I think one of the key things is that we've come from, um, again, assistive tech kind of first um, and put the put those kind of um, use cases at the forefront of what we're doing. So things like, you know, we are captioning um, and, and note-taking, so um, with captions rather than just plain transcripts, um, you, you can get access to transcripts, but the captions are, are critical. And, and things like how what makes captions useful, um, and there's two pretty key things. One is accuracy, so making sure the words that appear on screen represent the words that were spoken. And to do that, we um, to make sure we're as accurate as possible. We do a few things, like we refine for different accents, for different languages, and for different subject matters. So, for instance, my background in the in the medical profession, if I'm talking about uh, complicated medical terminology, I want to make sure that that's uh, represented in the captions, and we can refine the captions specifically for that use case. Um, so, accuracy is a big one, and one that's often overlooked is for, from a captioning perspective is things like speed. So. It, if you if you're using captions, then um, you may be unable to, for instance, hear anything, and you're reading the captions. But often you may be filling in blanks using the captions, and it's hard to fill a blank if if there's too much lag because um, you know you, you you miss something in the audio, and there's no text there to help you um, fill that blank. So um, lag and speed is, is is a big a big thing for us. Um, other than that, um, security. We're used by lots of, uh, as I said, sort of big organizations. So um, we have all our data hosted in the UK. We make sure we're, we're um, secure and able to meet the, um, both GDPR and the, the, the sort of infosec requirements of large organizations. And then finally, we kind of do things slightly differently. So with the way we've kind of focused on um, accessibility kind of first in our products the, the way that the app is built is to be um, as easy to use as possible. You can customize it all from everything from WCAG-compliant um, colorings to uh, letter sizes to positioning the text on the screen uh, and working with anything, any, everything from Zoom to podcasts to in-person conversations. So, yeah, we kind of um, put accessibility first in the in the products.
0: Brilliant. And, and just to clarify, you mentioned WCAG, so that's the Web Content Accessibility Guidelines. It's the kind of... Globally accepted standards around digital accessibility. Absolutely. Cool. Um, it's a funny story. I think accuracy is really important because um, I was on a I was on a panel event recently where they had automatic uh, transcription and uh, it kept translating whenever I referred to one of the other panelists. Their name came up as Cupcake, <laughs> <laughs> and their name was. Not, <laughs> it was really embarrassing because every time I said their name, it was like. So, you know, what does Cupcake think about this? So, bit <laughs> embarrassing, really. So, the the kind of question that I ask everybody when they come on this podcast is, what what does inclusive growth mean to you?
1: I think classically inclusive growth deals with kind of often from a sort of economic perspective and, and uh, focusing on the idea that whilst kind of economic growth is important, it's not necessarily enough to generate kind of lasting improvements to to sort of societal welfare. And I think, for me, it's going to be applying that to to our business to captioned and the idea that purely monetary success for the business can't be our aim if we want to be fulfilled and really successful Um, you know as a business we want to be profitable of course we do and but that isn't you know synonymous with being successful and to be successful we need to think more holistically and have more of a holistic target to to strive for. So for me, that means, you know, building a, a diverse team of individuals who find fulfillment in their work and what they do, where we're working towards, you know, shared goals for the, the company and um, but the company is also helping them move towards personal goals. You know, we want to continue to build our our products um, which ultimately are designed to make the world more accessible and also continue to increase the amount we listen to our customers and the degree to which we can put their voice into our products and ultimately better align the products to their needs and in that way we we'd be growing towards um you know um a more successful business um, for both both internally as a business and then externally with our our products so yeah i think that's that's um kind of what inclusive growth means means for me
0: brilliant i love it thanks for that and just before we go what should the person listening to us right now do if they want to learn more about your software or perhaps they've got some questions that they want to ask you what should they do
1: yeah anybody who's interested um please get in touch so you can get in touch for our website which is um caption hyphen ed.com or.co.uk and um, you'll find us there so that's caption hyphen ed.com or.co.uk and yeah get in touch and um, happily answer any questions demos trials all that sort of stuff
0: brilliant well rich thank you ever so much for joining me today on this episode it's been really great to to chat with you and thank you for for logging in and listening to rich and i today hopefully you've taken some interesting things away um how some you know a product that begins to address assistive technology needs can actually benefit more than just the original use case which is around people who might have a disability or who have an assistive technology need that actually it's a source of innovation and the need to have such uh, assistive technology available to your staff so that they can work as as productively as possible so thanks ever so much for tuning in and uh, i look forward to seeing you on the next episode of the inclusive growth podcast which will be coming up very soon until then take care Thank you for listening to the Inclusive Growth Show. For further information and resources from Toby and his team, head on over to our website at milden.co.uk.